down archives with oatmeal and right now i'm joined in the studio by uh, resident film critic simon how you doing man i'm very well yes i'm uh, i'm overloaded on films as yeah well more than usual so i'm on a i'm on a sad film critic high <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh tell me about what you've uh what you've right. seen already okay. yes. we, we, it started kicked off on the 8th so it's only been going what three days yeah about three right? days so uh, yeah kicked off on the 8th with uh, the premiere film was 20th Century Women which I didn't get to see uh, but I've heard nothing but good things about so mm -hmm. I think there's one more screening of that definitely if you can get to see that do check yeah, it out yeah I was pretty keen to I'm just seeing what day the it's oh it's tonight Oh, it's tonight. In that case, uh, uh, no, sorry, no, it was this morning. Oh, it was this morning. In that case, in that case, you yeah. missed it. Unless in that case, go to, you missed it. Or if you want a road trip to Gore, it's on the seventeenth <laughs> and the twenty-sixth. No one wants a road trip to Gore. Um, anyway, so uh, yes, I got to see. Uh, so I started. I was given a few screeners. So I'm going to give a quick mention to Faces Places, which is the new uh, documentary by Agnes Varda. For those of you who don't know, Agnes Varda is basically one of the key figures of the French New Wave. She's basically one of the most important uh, figures of cinema history, and uh, it's a really vibrant, interesting documentary that's essentially a very oddball road trip. She co-directed it with this uh, street artist called JR. He's 33 years old, she's 89. They go around in this black van traveling around France uh, taking photos of people and making these wonderful murals that celebrate life in France. Ordinary people's lives and it was oddball, it was different, it was quirky, it was really interesting. It's showing on the 17th and the 23rd I think, correct me if I've got that wrong, um, but it was really good. It had a real vibrancy didn't, uh, that but uh, belies the age uh, of its maker and I mm -hmm. definitely well worth checking out also yesterday I think there's one more screening of this uh, Ethel and Ernest which is an adaptation of the Raymond Briggs uh, graphic novel oh, sorry graphic novel comic book I hate the term graphic novel <laughs> but uh, for one of uh, for the sake of brevity um, and it tells the story of his parents uh, it's just, um, and their Ordinary Lives, basically. It's an animated film about two ordinary people who met in the late 20s. They fell in love, they got married, and it's about their lifetime of love as a, as a, a married couple. It's, it has an interesting... Uh, it has a nostalgic glow, but it's not rose-tinted. It's not irritating at all in that sense. It's You know, it's, there's a constant through-line of the fact that uh, uh, he's a working-class Labour supporter, she's a lower-middle-class Tory, so there's that sort of back-and-forth between the two of them. And it does take in the arguments, the compromises, you know, the and that sort of thing but it was really had real genuine heart and soul and I mm. really loved it I mean for all the films it made me think of in particular the films of Mike Lee and an early David Lean film called uh, This Happy Breed uh, most of all I just thought of like my great granny's house and uh, the smell of cooking and, and gardens and you know elbows off the table and things yeah. my granddad Bertie used to say yeah. Um, so I, I, yeah, I thought it was really lovely beautifully voiced also by Jim Broadbent and Brenda Blethyn in the main roles of Ethel and Ernest uh, yeah. you, you know, I'll leave you to figure out which parts of their voice um so but yes um the the film that has really stuck out for me i got a screen it's not on yet i should definitely go and check it out is i am not your negro which is directed by raul peck it was nominated for an oscar uh earlier this year uh, and lost out to oj made in america so um uh, uh so once again, I, th I feel that uh, the Oscars have uh, dipped out by not w awarding the best, but it was a really extraordinary piece of work. Definitely the first five-star movie I've seen this year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a documentary about the uh, African-American writer-intellectual James Baldwin, 
Um, and it's about uh, it based on an unfinished manuscript he wrote called Remember This House in which he decided to talk about the deaths of three friends of his, Martin Luther King, Medgar Evers and Malcolm X and use those, the deaths of those three men as a springboard from which to talk about the African American experience in America during the civil rights um, movement and more specifically uh, in terms of the white people's expectations of black people, expectations and prejudices of uh, black people and where these things come from and it's a couple of months, uh, about a month ago we reviewed the uh, uh, Tupac Shakur documentary All Eyes On, uh, a biopic All Eyes On Me mm. and it was a classic case of the film not being as smart as its subject. Yeah. Here, thankfully, what you have is a film that is as fearsomely intelligent as the subject that it portrays. I mean, you've got these wonderful um, documentary uh, clips of uh, uh, TV news clips of him running rings around all these intellectuals who are trying to find holes in his arguments. He's incredibly uh, articulate, James Baldwin, isn't he? I've, Extraordinary. I've heard yeah. Great interviews with him uh, on this film, I mm. think, and. Yeah, and you you get when you watch him, he's very when he's listening, he's very cool, he's very calm, he's collected, and then when he's talking, he's enormously emotive and expressive, yeah. and it's like this, it's like this rage is just sort of you know bursting out of him, and uh, it was thoroughly engaging. I think if you're if you're a white person watching this, you're going to be asking yourself some serious questions, and mm -hmm. I say that as someone who watched it and had to ha ask himself some serious questions, um, and that's the that's the point of the film. I mean, it, it, in the end, it attains that highest thing that. Can do, which is to send you away and make you look differently at the world. Which, I, and I, I, without wanting to make it sound too worthy at all, I thought it was really intelligent, really moving, awesome. and just an extraordinary piece of work. And, and Raoul Peck, who's directed it, is to be can you know can die happy now. You know, he's he's, <laughs> he's done a really really wonderful job. Fantastic. Um, yesterday, I checked out uh, a Finnish comedy that's uh, you know that most uh, fertile of genres. Um, uh, this is the latest film, possibly the last film from Aki Korismaki um, which if you're not familiar with him uh, he's an acquired taste shall we say very very bleak deadpan comedies uh, this uh, tells the story of a refugee called Khaled who ends up by mistake in Finland and he um, wh what happens is he ends up meeting a, uh, a, a down and a, a an embittered restaurateur called Vikstrom, who's separated from his wife, given up his job as a travelling shirt salesman, and taken up this uh, job of being a, a restaurateur in this terrible restaurant called the Golden Pint. And it's about how they both sort of help each other uh, in this, um, uh, just in the crazy world their, li their lives are going. It's very funny. I think what was interesting was engaging the uh, audience who were watching it because you could tell at the beginning there was probably a lot of people who didn't know Aki Korismaki's work and were sitting there thinking, what the hell is this? It's so deadpan. And he has this deliberately stilted way of directing his actors and directing things so they look like they're, rehearsed, they're reading rehearsed lines. Um, but it really paid off. It's this real sort of po face thing. The jokes work. And interestingly, more so than other Aki Korismaki films, what you get is um, it, it pays off emotion uh, in terms of the darker emotions when Khaled is talking about his journey from Syria to Finland, the horrors of that, um, and. Uh 
it was just really funny, really engaging. It's now my new favourite Aki Korismaki film. Previously, it was Lenin, Greg, Cowboys, Meet Moses. Um, but this one, I think, has absolutely got... And if this is to be a swan song, I mean, it's a real shame, but what a way to bow out. A really terrific stuff and a great filmmaker. If you like this, go check out his other stuff. You've got Le Havre, you've got um, Calamari Union, Juha, Man Without a Past, and the Lenin, Greg, Cowboys movies, which are so bizarre, you definitely check them out. But... So, what, what was that one called again? The Other Side of Hope. Yeah. The side of yeah, and uh, there's one more screening tomorrow, I think. Um, and yeah, so it's... we've just been to see today the Lost City of Z. This is the big film at the festival, um, and it was. Uh, so I'm. <laughs> this is definitely going to be a bit of arming and ahhing, I'm afraid, because about half an hour ago I was watching it. Um, it tells the story of uh, Sir Percy Fawcett. Oh, not Sir Percy Fawcett, just Percy Fawcett, I beg your pardon. Uh, who, at the turn of the 20th century, was an undecorated colonel in the British Army. He was charged with. Uh, he was tasked with going and f uh, mapping the Amazon jungle for the Royal Geographical Society. And in the course of his travels, they he he comes to hear of a lost city, which he which he calls Zed. Uh, they find bits of pottery, bits of archaeological finds. He gets back to London, and there's this general attitude of, well, they're savages, so your idea of there being an actual civilization out there is clearly stupid. Why would you even bother going back out there? He says, no, I'm going to go and find it. We need, we are men of science. We need to go and find this. This isn't about imperialism. It's not about capitalism. It's not about destroying these races. It's about finding stuff that, and learning about these people that could be for the betterment of the human civil of the human race um it's a very big film it's directed by this guy james gray whose previous films have included we own the night and the hours and he's tends to do quite big uh well i suppose mid-range budget hollywood films so you know 20 30 40 million dollars work with people like joaquin phoenix and mark Wahlberg, and does these weirdly does these sort of big films that nobody goes to see because he always gets seems to get screwed by distributors and producers. So, um, and this is the first one of his I've actually managed to see, and I was very impressed by. It. He's got a very seventies sensibility. It felt like kind of like a, in part like a Sidney Lumet kind of film, or, or even a late John Huston film. In fact, there's a probably a through line more with John Huston because in certain passages it felt to me it had a certain nineteen forties classicism to it, like an old school Hollywood in a good way, um, and. It was just a great adventure movie. Another film actually put me in mind of, because it's with this kind of story of a trip down the Amazon and, and testing the limits of one's metal and psychological uh, um, uh, psychological character, um, it reminded me of Aguirre, The Wrath of God, which is the great Werner Herzog movie about conquistadors going to the Amazon and basically slowly going mad. It's one of the most amazing films you'll ever see. Um, and also more recently, Embrace of the Serpent, which was on at the film festival a couple of years ago, which again, I mean, very few people have seen, but if you can get to see that there's nothing like it uh, where i would say this one doesn't quite have what embrace of the serpent had was is that it doesn't you don't ever really get to meet the the amazonian natives you don't get to know them whereas embrace of the serpent was from the perspective of the uh, of the uh, of the tribesmen uh, at its heart so they still do come across kind of like kind of cipher like but you know it's a diff it's it's not their story and i i kind of feel like rather you know i'd rather that they didn't just wedge in like a like a waif character who's kind of a cipher or anything like that so uh, kind of better for that but still a bit flawed it would have been nice if you know uh, been a little bit more challenging but that said very well put together a 
beautiful looking film direct, uh, uh, director of photography is Darius Conji who's done lots and lots of great work in the past uh, the one that springs to mind um, is the work he did with Michael Haneker on a more about five years ago and he's a really really wonderful tactile cinematographer um, it's it's maybe a bit slower paced maybe that's why it hasn't picked up so much at the box office but um, it's well worth your time it's thoroughly absorbing Charlie Hunnam in the main role of support of Percy Fawcett what do I keep saying Sir Percy Percy Fawcett <laughs> uh, is really good I think he's gotten a lot of flack for this they're saying he's not charismatic enough I thought he was perfectly fine he's, he's not he's not the greatest actor in the world but for what this uh, role needs he carried me along with it I was engaged I was never bored Robert Pattinson does a very interesting uh, mm-hmm. uh, supporting role as this scraggy faced bloke who tags along with them and, and is really good and um Sienna Miller is really great as uh, Percy Fawcett's wife, uh, who's a very early sort of um, feminist suffragette character. And there's an interesting uh, thing that whenever he's back in England, they're having these discussions about, well, I should be coming with you. Our relationship is based on mutual respect of one another. And why are you not taking me with you? And and his objections to that. Um, it's it's engaging. It's uh, it's it doesn't it takes its time, but when it ups the ante with danger and threat in the jungle and all that sort of stuff it's exciting and um yeah it's it's definitely it's flawed but i would pick it above 95 percent of other hollywood movies right out right now so <laughs> yeah. you know if it came to toss up between that and valerian and the city of a thousand planets i'd take lost city of zed definitely but uh, right. yeah so uh go and see all of those all yeah. of i have not seen a bad film yet but it's the film festival i mean there's very rarely do you see yeah, I'm, I'm yet par. to see a bad film at the film festival in several years of... Oh, a couple of years ago I saw one that tested my patience, but that was about it. That was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my lot. So, yeah, uh, and it's shaping up to be a really terrific festival. So Fantastic. And, you know, it's um, it's long running. You know, we, it's going to be going through to the 30th of August, so yep. plenty of time. But, uh, I mean, yeah, there's some great stuff that have... Some Loads great films that have already wrapped up as well, so you've got to get on to it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, because, you know, the, uh, we, you don't know which ones are going to turn up at the cinema later in the year and which ones aren't. So uh, go and see as much as you can, whatever you can definitely certainly all right great stuff thank you thank you very much thank you for uh, having me yeah and uh, enjoy 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 the rest of the festival damn uh, right i will i will enjoy the heck out of myself <laughs> <laughs> brilliant hey thank you